the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Good morning, my dear friends, to all our dear audience on KNUS 710 AM or via podcast. I welcome all of you. This morning, we shall interact first by waking up, praising God. If you're married, give a good and warm, safe greeting to your wife or to your husband. Give a good, warm morning, hug or welcome with a special social distancing safety, of course, to your children and to all those who you live with. Do me a favor. It's okay to turn on your radio at 6 a.m. on Sunday morning. Next, of course, let us warm up the day by being nice to each other and by being nice to the Lord. This is Father Andre, and good Holy Sunday morning with God. Good Holy Sunday morning, my dearly beloved friends, and I want to welcome you to this morning's show. Let us wake up the dawn, and let us praise the Lord, and let us make the sign of the cross. You know, if you slept and you had hate in your heart, try to wake up and let your hate sleep. Let him remain sleeping, and somehow... And um, if you wake up and you plan to do evil against somebody, you were planning it all night long. You know what? Give up these plans. Leave them at sleep at the same time. And if you woke up and you see yourself have been hurt by somebody, injured by somebody, having betrayed by somebody, you know, having been in somehow hit hard, whether by family members, young or old, by parents or by friends or by people at work or by people who just hurt you for the sake of hurting others, do me a favor, giving them up to God, present them before the cross of the Lord Jesus Christ as a sacrifice. And remember, God loves us. Remember, Jesus died for us. Remember, this is the day of the Lord. And on this day of the Lord, we shall conquer all of our enemies and we shall win everlasting life. And all of our sins are forgiving. And guess what? Keep your vengeance to God. Give him your vengeance. And somehow, today I like to pray with you, inspired by St. Teresa, the little flower, or St. Therese of the Child Jesus. You know, she's a virgin and doctor of the church and died in the early 19th century, late 18th century. And also, I like to um, make a little quote um, from a beautiful archbishop who you loved a lot in the uh, 40s and in the 50s, 60s, 70s, um, Archbishop Fulton Sheen. Um, there is this beautiful treasury of his quotes, uh, sermons, uh, that you could just hear one sentence of him. He had the TV program, the radio show, many recordings, many retreats all over the country. I think he's one of the modern fathers of the United States of America. And here's a quote. Our problems are not primarily economic and political, but religious and moral. It is only by the spirit of Christ and the spirit of prayer that the freedom of man, won by bloodshed and national sacrifice, can be safeguarded and preserved. 
This is going to be the quote today that we will discuss with our wonderful, a beautiful friend, a former candidate to Congress, a veteran who served four tours as a major in the Middle East in Iraq, and um, a wonderful friend, really, George Athanasopoulos. I want to welcome him to this morning's show, and I welcome everybody who's waking up and joining Good Sunday Morning with Father Andre on this beautiful Sunday. And first, let us pray today. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, Amen. O God, come to my assistance. O Lord, make haste to help me. Glory to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. Hallelujah. Lord, in your anger, do not punish me. O Lord, do not rebuke me in your anger. Do not punish me, Lord, in your rage. Your arrows have sunk deep in me. Your hand has come down upon me. Through your anger, all my body is sick. Through my sin, there is no health in my limbs. My guilt towers higher than my head. It is a weight too heavy to bear. My wounds are full and festering. The result of my own folly. I am bowed and brought to my knees. I go mourning all the day long. All my frame burns with fever. All my body is sick, spent and utterly crushed. I cry aloud in anguish of heart. O oh Lord, you know all my longing. My groans are not hidden from you. My heart throbs, my strength is spent. The very light has gone from my eyes. But I am like the deaf who cannot hear, like the dumb unable to speak. I am like a man who hears nothing, in whose mouth is no defense. I count on you, O Lord. It is you, Lord God, who will answer. I pray, do not let them mock me, those who triumph, if my foot should slip. For I am on the point of falling, and my pain is always before me. I confess that I am guilty, and my sin fills me with dismay. My wanton enemies are numberless, and my lying foes are many. They repay me evil for good, and attack me for seeking what is right. O Lord, do not forsake me. My God, do not stay afar off. Make haste, and come to my help. O Lord, my God, my Savior. Glory to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. Good Holy Sunday morning, my dear friends, and welcome to this uh, Good Sunday morning with Father Andre. George Athanasopoulos, a wonderful friend, is here with us uh, via phone. George, good morning to you. Good morning, Father. And then following your prayer, I cross myself the correct way, so you pray <laughs> is on its way to heaven, so rest assured. Do we really have to put this out there for the people that you're Orthodox and I'm Catholic? <laughs> but, <laughs> Father, listen, I'm trying to help you. I'm trying to help you. You know what? I will allow you to help me. You know why? Because we all need angels, and you are one of these angels that God sent to us in our lives. I mean, you helped a nation. You you help the people overseas. You have a beautiful family. And I'm really interested today to speak a little bit about uh, yeah, this quality in you, a helper, an assistant, which bears your name, George, actually, which is St. George, a big saint for us in the East. How's your family? How's your life? Tell me. 
Everybody is great, Father. Everybody is great. I'm looking forward to getting together with you. And it is, we're in difficult times right now. So I think people should be appreciating their faith right now because it is a difficult time to be a Christian, to be someone of faith. And you see it not only here in the United States, but you see it around the world. Think of what the Christians are going through, not only in Afghanistan, where everybody knows the Taliban has recently taken over, but if you look at Christendom in Australia, of all places, they are cracking down on Christians' ability to congregate in churches. It is it's downright despotic, really. And it's difficult to say that about a country such as Australia, who you would think is very similar to the United States. And perhaps, and unfortunately, they are, because what we've seen here in the United States during COVID is really an unfair crackdown on Christians being able to practice their beliefs together. So interesting times, Father. So, as you know, six years ago, when we first uh, uh, met and started working together, when we spoke about those things, um, we probably had two people listening to us, three people listening to us, a few, not many. Um, I don't think people in the U.S. could ever, ever seen that something like this will become a reality in the West and in the United States. You know, um, you ran for Congress because of this, and I know, and I and I witnessed to that as a private citizen, not as a, you know, um, official worker or employee or um, um, a churchman. But I know in, in my in my in my person that when you ran for Congress, you actually ran on such an agenda. You saw the pain, you saw the violence, um, you saw the lack of God happening in the world. You noticed that God is being vacuumed, is being taken away, is being rejected, and you wanted to exercise if had you been elected to the office um, a wonderful spiritual wealth you came with to basically make difference and change you were really um, a good candidate honestly and i and i salute you for having tried um, to run for congress how was this experience for you what did it teach you it was it was generally somewhat terrible it just because it is so difficult to run for Congress. It takes a tremendous toll on you personally, your family, and then all of your volunteers. But at least in my experience, and at the time, the Republican Party didn't see my race as competitive, didn't see Colorado as necessary, which I understand. I get it. They have to make decisions. But that means you're essentially running on your own. So it was very difficult. Now, what I was running for, a lot of that was enacted, or the Trump administration worked to accomplish many of the things that I wanted to accomplish. You and I both spent a great deal of time working on behalf of persecuted Christians around the world. Thankfully, the Trump administration also took that on, and we saw the persecution of Christians, uh, specifically Iraq, Syria, Lebanon, the the countries of the Middle East, the persecution got better. ISIS was defeated. But you have a Republican administration leave. They were defeated at the ballot box. And you have a Democrat administration come in. And it's 
It's as if they do not care about persecuted Christians. The Christians in Afghanistan, what few there were, are now suffering. And perhaps they haven't all been executed yet, but there is no guarantee for their future security. And we're doing nothing. And you know, you went to the Middle East. You went to the Middle East, uh, I, I may say, without an agenda, meaning you did not have a personal agenda. Your only agenda was to be in the service of others in foreign lands, to give them the best of support, of security, of a friendship as an American um, um, person, basically, who worked um, in, in the military, who knows the Middle East. You saw that hundreds of thousands of people, if not millions of people, were being taken away forcefully from their own homes, from their own countries, from their own land. You met with refugees. You met with um, um, families of the 20 victims of uh, the Egyptian martyrdom, those who were killed, slain in Libya, basically, on the seashore of the Mediterranean Sea, you really tried to inspire and to provide the strength. And I know um, your only strength was, honestly, in, in your wife and your children and your papa and your mom. Uh, God rest his soul. I know he passed away later on. But uh, you had a family that really supported you in a great deal. What was the role of your wife next to you? So I also want to mention my my church community because they were... They were in, very instrumental. So uh, at the Assumption Greek Orthodox Cathedral. Yes, there, they gave us 21 yeah. icons that we took with us to Egypt about the, the yes, Greek martyrs, the, the uh, Coptic martyrs. You're right. I, I have to salute yeah. them as well. Yeah, they donated the, the icons. Um, they had them blessed on the altar. Father Dimitrios, he blessed them. And it was great. And they were very supportive. Now, my my wife was... Supportive, but not enthusiastic. She's a saint, you know that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no, for sure. But if you remember, it's not like we were just going to Cairo and staying in relative safety within the city in certain locations. I mean, we we drove south on the Nile into territory controlled by the Brotherhood. Correct. And it was, let's just say it wasn't probably the safest thing I'd ever done. I told my wife that, you know, I've been in situations that were unsafe before, and she pointed out that in those other situations, I had 20,000 of my closest heavily armed friends as support, which she was referring to the military. So she was not enthusiastic that we were going without the military. We were just going by ourselves. Uh, although I've, I've heard rumors that Peter is very good at karate, so maybe he would have saved <laughs> us should we have gotten into a pickle. But it was... She wasn't enthusiastic, but I felt it was it was a necessary mission for us to go there and bring back their story. Because when we talk about persecution of Christians in the West, we mean that under the guise of COVID authoritarianism, they're not allowing churches to congregate together. When we're talking about Egypt, Afghanistan, Iraq, the type of Christian persecution we're referring to is they're beheading Christians. They are murdering them. It is an entirely different type of persecution. Now, I don't think either is just, but one is certainly more severe than the other. And I think that if you are a not only a Christian, a person of faith, or just how about a decent moral person that doesn't like the idea of children being beheaded, that you should think about 
what's going on to Christians around the world. Frankly, other religious minorities around the world. And in the case of Afghanistan, women, ethnic minorities, religious minorities, they're all subject to the most violent type of persecution imaginable. And that may not affect us in our day-to-day lives here, but we should care. We should do what we can to help those people, to save those people. And unfortunately, I don't see a lot of that happening. No, and I and I could tell that, uh, um, you know, first of all, when you lost, you did not lose. This country was losing already courage. This country was already dragging its feet, hanging in shame, I believe. And, and we saw it in Afghanistan. We saw the results of what's happening. We, we, we have lost our moral compass, and somehow the country was started falling down into moral relativism, and I guess they were busy in, in, in other things. They did not want to see uh, the alarm, uh, uh, the value uh, of, of, of saving the persecuted Christians. And we did say the equation is the following. To save America, you have to save Christianity. Saving Christianity will save all civilizations of love and of life and of peace, of family, faith, and freedom, and the whole world. This was our equation. We went with this equation to the Middle East. You and me, we spoke to Muslim leaders. They were actually involved in the major changes in Egypt. We spoke to the Eastern Patriarchates. You went to Israel, and um, we, we, we went to Lebanon. Um, I went to Rome. We went to the White House. We went to Washington, D.C. Um, George, before we get to Afghan situation, you, in your role in the Middle East, when you served as a U.S. major, you did not lose a man, and I know that. And I always was really proud of you. Because I know how difficult it is not to die, actually, in the Middle East. When you look at the Afghanistan situation and you see the way we left and let go of these people, we still are leaving people behind. Um, what do you say to the military? What would your morale, as, as you personally, what would your morale feel like when you see something like this happening? Is this a military? Do you signed up for? Or what's happening? I am embarrassed and ashamed of what the military has become. Let us be clear. We are taught from the first day when they're shaving our heads at boot camp, when you go to officer candidate school, when you show up at ranger school, you are taught from that day, you do not leave anyone behind, period, full stop. That is it. That is one of the foundational rules of being in the military. It's part of our, our esprit de corps. Leave no man behind. Leave no soldier to fall in the hands of the enemy. You do not abandon Americans. And for this administration to abandon Americans, it is shameful for them to put those 13 service members who were killed while we were trying to evacuate Kabul. If you were to ask me right now, I was in the military my brothers are both active duty still. We pray if you for would them ask them, would I let my sons join the military? No, because what my time in the military has shown me, what these general officers testifying before Congress has shown me, is they do not value my sons' lives. They are willing to spend them in the in the goal of political expediency or correctness or to suit an administration's political optics. Think about it. We were 
leaving Afghanistan at the height of fighting season. And people don't understand that there is a fighting season in Afghanistan. Correct. And we had a lot That's of intel information already that, that ISIS and al-Qaeda were breeding again. They are in uh, Mozambique. They are in Africa. They declared many cities and states as their own uh, imama place or uh, al-umma place, basically caliphate in uh, what they call it in English. So there were already signs, visible signs that we know they were on the rise. They were persecuting people in Nigeria. They were killing Christians. 750,000 families in Mozambique actually were forced to migrate and to leave their homes and ISIS took their place. So yes, you're right. There was already, we, uh, we were at the peak of battle against terrorism again. Was it the right time? to withdraw from Afghanistan? What do you say to the families of those 13 service members who were killed? I'm sorry your son and daughter died, but we really wanted the photo op of us leaving Afghanistan and having a press conference on September 11th, the 20-year anniversary. Your son died because... I found it politically beneficial to do something incredibly moronic. And then you have general officers who go in front of Congress and say, well, who am I to question civilian order? If you were given, if you were given an order that directly leads to the death of your soldiers, your sailors, airmen, Marines, and you don't resign, you are a coward and a disgrace. Wow. That's why I'm not letting my sons join the military. It, until, until the entire system of promotion for officers in the military is overhauled, there is not a chance I will let my sons go in the military because the people who are promoted do not value their lives, period. We have to pray for the military, for those who died and for those who are still in active duty, for veterans like you, George, because I know um, you also have... Um, you're carrying still um, in your health consequences of your dedication and service and sacrifices for this country. This is not the place um, nor the public to, to put it out there, but I salute you for the courage and for, the, for what you've been carrying also in you as well. I, I, we have a few minutes left for those who are joining us. This is a good Sunday morning with Father Andre, with a friend and former candidate to Congress uh, who served as a major four tours in Iraq in the Middle East uh, um, and friend of the Mission of Hope and Mercy um, who helps us a lot, actually, George Athanasopoulos. Um, George, did the U.S. withdraw or surrender? What's, what's the reality? I would say we surrendered, but here's, it wasn't... The level of competence displayed by our military in the Afghan, whatever, withdrawal, surrender, whatever you want to call it, it was such a grotesquely incompetent operation that I would be embarrassed to be associated with it, certainly to command it. Oh, my I goodness. See. They had... They had civilians falling off of C-17s as they were taking off. That was heartbreaking. You not only didn't secure the airport, you didn't secure the runway. You had – there was no process to vet the people getting on the planes. There was no capability or will to go and get the Americans who were not crowded outside the airport. We left them there to die. I have, I have to ask you this question, you really, and I want to do another episode with you. So what happens to all our friends in the Middle East, in Lebanon, in Central Asia, Eastern Europe, and Africa? What happens to them? 
please quickly. I know you're, you're a great person in analysis. Frankly, Father? Yes. Do not count on the United States as your ally. This administration has demonstrated, as has as have administrations in the past, that we are not a reliable ally. And it pains me to say that, but the evidence is clear. We did not, you know, we didn't back Ukraine with the Budapest Accords. We withdrew from Iraq and allowed ISIS to take over. We withdrew from Afghanistan, allowed the Taliban to take over. We didn't even evacuate the people who helped us. The next country that we are involved in, I'm not saying invaded, but just involved in. Why would anybody trust us? Why would anybody want to work with us? Our allies end up dead. But this is Sunday morning. We have a lot of people like you, George, who spiritually, morally, um, and, and with the right virtue, with the right profession, you have done a lot. I want to awaken the good people in the United States. Spiritual America will make up for the corrupt corporations, for whoever is leading our nation. We salute with you all the armed forces, all the people in the police, all the people in the public service. We ask them, please do not try to serve this country without counting on a good morality without counting on your faith, on your love for God and your neighbor. And definitely, I pray with you, we say, do not abandon us, Lord our God. Rise up for you, a spiritual army in the United States, that we can lead the world in purity and in charity. God, you did not forget the broken body of your Christ, nor the mockery his love received. We, your children, are weighed down with sin. Give us the fullness of your mercy and give us peace. Amen. Thanks for joining us today for Good Sunday Morning with Father Andre. Father Andre and his team rely on your prayers and generosity to help feed over 5,000 families in Lebanon every month. Go to missionofhopeandmercy.org to learn more. Your support helps buy supplies from local farms and factories, employ truckers to ship the food, all to let these families know they are not forgotten. Go to missionofhopeandmercy.org and donate today. And join us next week at 6 a.m. for Good Sunday Morning with Father Andre. Three star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to, he understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.